0: Today is a, you know, one sermon, no series. Um, We're going to be talking about the passage in Micah, chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. And I'll be reading, um, and talking from both an NIV Cultural Study Bible and the NLT version. Um... Bear with me, I literally, um, my computer literally restarted. I had it up right here to go, and I just decided to reboot. So, I'm gonna be here for just a little bit, hopefully. But I have to read the passage um, from the NIV Bible that I have open. Okay. In the last days, The mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of mountains, and it will be exalted above the hills, and people will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go up from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Everyone will sit under their own vine and their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid. The Lord Almighty has spoken all the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we will walk in the name of the Lord, of our God, forever and ever. And may the word of the Lord reach you today in a new and fresh way. I know that when I was looking at this, I was like, hey, I've heard this before, but like I've never really looked into it, I've never really studied it, you know, look there. Plowshares, their swords in the plowshares, and their spears in the pruning hooks. I've heard, I've heard that before, but I never really thought about, you know, what it was talking about. Today, we're going to ask the questions. You know, what is this passage? What is this? It's a prophecy. What is this prophecy that Micah has been given to give to not only the Israelites of that day, but to us. What does it mean for us today? What does it mean to hear those words and to read those words and to think about them? What does it mean for Christians to live with these words? In the last days, when is that? Not now. (laughs) Although, if you would have asked first century Christians what the last days was, they would have said, then even. So, the last days still haven't come yet, although some of us are waiting on pins and needles some days for Jesus to return. I know when I've had a rough day, I think, God, when are you going to be here? Because this is too much. I don't want to deal with it anymore. I'd rather, you know, you come back and make everything good again. But the last days have not come yet, so we're still waiting. The mountain of the lord's house the mountain of the lord what is the temple what is what is micah talking about here what is god talking to micah about here well he's talking about how jerusalem is a city on a hill it's surrounded by valleys and hills and everything it's beautiful over there i've never been but i've seen pictures and i've heard stories and you know, Jerusalem is kind of like this Mecca for everyone. It's the holy city. God will make it new again. And in the last days, as we read the Revelation before, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And there will be a new city where God will rest. And everyone will come and worship. And there will be no crying, which will be good, because like you're crying every day about absolutely nothing all the time there will be no sadness there will be no weeping there will be no sickness which is great because some of us have sicknesses whether internal external chronic or temporary we all have to deal with that right none of that will be there in this new holy city in this new heaven and new earth where we will be and also, according to our eschatology, we'll have new bodies, too. So, like, woohoo! Because, like, some of us have some messed up bodies. Not saying anybody, you know, in here is messed up. But, you know, we'll get to be living in the world God originally intended, I think, when He made the world. It's going to be the most important place on earth where God dwells. And people will flock to it. People will stream to it. Isn't that amazing? The people who even right now are not flocking to God will flock to God. And people will be, come, let's go to the mountain. Let's learn about God's ways. Let's learn about how to be good people. Let's learn about how to worship him. Let's just go and worship him. So, everyone will be there. And in the New Living Translation, it says, the Lord will mediate between people. What does that mean? Well, we'll finally have the good and righteous judge to mediate between us, instead of us trying to mediate between each other. I don't know about you, but it's um, difficult to mediate Um, between small children Um, because they both want the same things from you as a parent but want different things from each other. So it's really hard. But God, the perfect parent, the perfect judge, will be able to do that. No arguments will be left unsettled Everything will be fine. will settle disputes in a way that makes it so that strong nations, guess, strong nation, will no longer care about how strong they are and how big they are and how, how great they can, they've become. They will no longer care about those things because God will be in the center. And in the New Living translation, it says, they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. What does that mean? Well, according to this cultural Bible, farmers and people of the agrarian culture would have both. You know, they would have swords and spears and pruning hooks and plowshares. But you can't make one into the other without a blacksmith, without someone to do that for you because those just don't turn into one another. You can't just take a sword and start digging digging the ground and expecting seeds to go in well and things to go swimmingly for you as a farmer. And that also means that they have to stop and think I don't need these anymore. I don't need my weapons anymore. They can become tools of growth. Cloudshares and pruning hooks, are tools of growth. They are things that will help you grow and help you move forward versus swords and spears which are only meant to kill and destroy. And everyone will live in peace and prosperity scripture says. Now what does that mean? and prosperity. That sounds like a pipe dream, doesn't it? Because I don't know if you know what's going on in the world, but there's not a whole lot of peace and a whole lot of prosperity for everyone to have. Some people have peace, some people have prosperity, some people have one or the other, but not all people having both at all times. So what do we do with that information? Because they said that they will be enjoying their own great minds and their own victories. There will be nothing to fear. What do we do with that? How do we manage thinking about the world in that way? It sounds like something that may never happen, especially in the way that that we tend to go about it. We tend to make more wars We tend to make more, you know, explosions of growth and then explosions of destruction, economically speaking. We can never really get the whole prosperity for all people kind of thing. The world is not good at that. We're not good at that. It's not something that we can do on our own. God is the only one who can do these things. And I think that it's hard for us to grasp that concept when we see wars happen, when we see people fighting over things that essentially aren't eternal eternal speaking. You know, we have differences in ideologies, we have differences in our theology of God, we have differences in how we view how our powers it work. We all have differences in these things. But we can never seem to settle those differences peacefully. We can never seem to just agree, to disagree, or to even come to a true agreement for everyone. Even though the basic things some people Someone out there may disagree with you. Like, the color blue, you know? Is the sky blue? Sure, it looks blue. So like everyone, but someone may say no, it looks purple to me, all the time. And they can just be contrary to that. And then there's still not peace in the world, even over something as simple as, is the sky blue? I was always told, I did science in high school or in college, that there are just three things that you don't have to cite in your papers. The sky is blue, water is wet, and the grass is green. And I always just thought that was funny, because it's like, well, okay, I'll take that as fact, but then I think about it later. Someone may disagree with that. Some may disagree. Like, I've heard people talk about how water itself is not wet, it makes things wet. And I'm like, that just blows my mind, It's like, It's wet, but water itself does not make itself wet, or some some craziness like that, and just like I said, there's no one 100% going to agree on 100% of everything, and I think we know that, and I think that it's hard sometimes as Christians to walk around this world knowing that there's not peace everywhere. But we can look at this passage and look at the promise that God has made to us through the prophet Micah, to say that there will be peace and prosperity. These things will exist in our world. It may not be tomorrow, it may not be next week, it may not be next month, it may not be next year, it may not be within the next decade, But God's word is what? Good, true, and sure. There are things in there that we may disagree on, that we don't know how to put into practice, but some of these prophecies are pretty clear, actually. We don't have to worry about how awful this world is and just fret over it day after day, because we know in the future that there will be peace and prosperity, And like we sang about today, the battle belongs to the Lord. And every day that we fight in this world, we have to remember that the battle belongs to the Lord. And the battle belongs, and God has already won those battles. We don't have to keep, I don't know, freaking out about certain things and worrying about certain things, because that battle has already been won by the Lord. And that peace and prosperity will come. But I also wanna challenge us today. I don't want us to sit idly by and watch the world fall apart in front of us. I know that God will create everything new and make everything new for all of us. But i also know that he has given us a charge and a challenge to make disciples of this world and disciples are people who follow god and those people who follow god and who have the holy spirit should have the fruit of the spirit and peace is a part of that living in kindness with one another, living in self-control. And the last verse, it talks about how the nations tend to follow idols and tend to follow other ways. They don't follow God. But in the end, they will. We have to remember that we should continue to follow God and not get, you know, distracted by those idols, distracted by other people following, not following God. We need to follow God despite all that goes on around in this world. And we must remember that in this passage, we have a hope for the future, that we have a hope through Jesus the future will bring us to a place of peace and prosperity. The prophecy of this passage is that the hope and glorious future for all nations is for all nations, not just Israel. God places Zion or Jerusalem at the center of it all, bringing peace instead of bloodshed. And turning swords into plowshares is not a simple task, but one of determination and security in one We need to be ushering in an era of peace with God. We need not move towards warring with people. So we need to stop all of our little wars with people. <laughs> and implore other Christians to do the same thing. We are called, down to, put, called to put down our weapons. The battle belongs to the Lord, and He has already won. And how do we wrap this up? How do we wrap up these five verses? How do we understand this passage in a way that makes sense to us? The sermon in the sentence for today is that we have a hope, a beautiful future with the Lord. We may be walking with the Lord now, but in the future, it will be even better, because He will always be here with us. And people will be walking to the Lord and wondering how the Lord works and how to live like the Lord, and it will be wonderful and glorious. And I want us to remember that today, that even though things may may get dark sometimes, things may be rough in our own lives, we have our own struggles with the hope of the world, we can remember that God is there, waiting at the end of it all, ready for us to worship him, and ready for us to be with him in that beautiful and glorious future. I apologize for how the sermon went, honestly. Um, My computer did not cooperate. I did most of this remembering. And I don't know what we all got out of it, but I hope we got something. I know I did when I read this passage. I know I did uh, when I put this together. And I hope you took away something today, too. Next week will be a more normal week. Pastor Mark and Connie are back on their vacation. They are well-rested um, and ready to come back to you guys excited for what God has in store. And I just want to pray for us right now and get us ready to go out. Okay? Heavenly Father, you are good. Today, I thank you for the words that you've given me to share through all of that. May your truth shine through. May it pierce our hearts and pierce our minds as we go from this place. As we prepare to usher in an era of peace in this world. As we think about the Lord's future, He will be in the center of it all. And people will not worry about other people because everyone will be concerned about worshiping God. You've given each of us here, a story to share, people to share it with, and time to do it with. I ask that you help us to go and to be your people of peace, to walk through the battles knowing that you've already won. Heavenly Father, you are good. And thank you for this time and this breath and this. Energy that you've given each of us to do your work. We love you, Lord, and we thank you so much for bringing on us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Now, with the feet fitted, ready, and your armor on, go out into this world, bringing peace to people around you. As God brings you peace in your own life, so that you may share it with others. Go. You are sent.